0: Hello welcome to That Film's Due. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode we've got another movie review and this time we're looking at IT Chapter 2. IT Chapter 2 is the
1: sequel to the 2017 film IT. This supernatural horror movie is in cinemas now so if you haven't watched IT Chapter 2 yet but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review.
0: We will be talking spoilers. Directed by Andy Muschietti and written by Gary Dauberman. It, Chapter 2, much like Chapter 1, is based on the 1986 novel of the same name by Stephen King. Set 27 years after the events depicted in Chapter 1, the adult versions of the Losers Club face off against It once again, with flashbacks featuring the younger cast from the first film. Jason, you have the plot. 27 years later, in 2016, Pennywise has resurfaced.
1: Mike Hanlon, who never left, calls the other members of the Losers. Bill Denbrough, Beverly Marsh, Ben Hanscon, Richie Tozier, Eddie Kassbrack, and Stanley Uris, all back to Derry. Although disturbed by the phone calls, all of them are amnesiac about their childhoods, but reluctantly agree to return. Almost all of them. Now adults, having gone their separate ways and damaged by scars from the past, the losers must reunite and conquer their deepest fears to destroy
0: it once and for all. It's been two years since our review of chapter one and the question we asked each other on that podcast have we read the book we (laughs) both said no has that changed it's been two years (laughs) i've bought the book (laughs) okay no, I have not read the book. You have not read the book, but you bought it. I did buy it. I have the copy in
1: my house. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the wife. She and has your read wife the book. has read the book. Yeah. And we
0: spoke about that on our last review. So she's yeah. filled me in and tried to give me as much knowledge as possible that I can bring to this. So what we're saying is we haven't read the book. So we're movie guys We watched the movie. Um, we did. But we did watch the miniseries. That's right. And that was what, 1990, I, that one came out. Here's,
1: here's what happened. When we watched that first It movie, I'd watched, that was my first exposure to, to It. Then I watched the miniseries, which includes events and uh, things that happen in this chapter two. So then going into watching chapter two, it was a different experience because I sort of knew what was happening for the most part, especially the beginning of the movie where there is. So a different experience. Watching that first movie, all brand new to me. This is amazing. Don't know what's happening. Don't know what's going on. This time around, okay, I can see the, you know, play-by-play,
0: play, the beats, the story elements. I grew up with that miniseries, and it terrified me. The scene in particular, when they're looking through the photo album, mm. and Pennywise comes out of the picture, yeah. and at one point he's swinging on like a lamppost or something, always freaked me out. So Pennywise, as a character, always freaked me out as a kid and growing up. We get a very different Pennywise in this movie.
1: And I think in our first review, I think, I I, at least this is what I said, the Pennywise from the miniseries, that design, that clown, I find that more scary. The more, you know, the Ronald McDonald looking kind of clown scares me more than this sort of demonic Bill Skarsgård kind of clown. And And that's... Tim it's still Curry. it's still yeah. scary and you know it's still freaky looking, but to me a more traditional clown freaks me out more.
0: Tim Curry was the original Pennywise in that mini series, and what you're seeing there is a guy in makeup and a costume, and it's freaky. Yeah, clowns can be freaky. In this movie, in chapter one and chapter two, quite often Pennywise digitally manipulated how he appears. I mean,
1: there's a lot of...
0: Oh, like, you know... When take, for me, it takes away yeah, the
1: creepiness. When he opens his mouth and he becomes, like, this big demon spawn monster. When he becomes a giant spider. Yeah, we get the spider legs. When... There's a lot of... Yeah, lots of things like that happening. But Bill Skarsgård is still doing a lot of Things himself naturally without any sort of computer imagery manipulation. He's the weird thing with his eyes where they go. To on his credit, direction. he's he is, doing that. Yeah. His mouth, his facial expressions, that's him.
0: I don't know what they're doing with it for him. That must be a prosthetic. <laughs> so you're right, yeah, Skarsgard, he, he doing, deserves yeah. so much credit and praise. Like His performance in chapter two, just like chapter one, is absolutely fantastic. Even that stare that he has, like in his, his bottom lips. Just drooping and yeah. he's drooling, and he really is a good Pennywise. But yeah, I was just the comp- comparing him to Tim Curry. I don't know. I just I did find there's Pennywise something about scary in yeah. that. But then I guess it's how old you were when you came to that interpretation of the character. Not even now. I mean, like I said, I only watched the miniseries just you know the past year or so.
1: um It's like it still freaks me out a little bit more. I so. reckon.
0: I'd have watched it early 90s. I can't go to McDonald's. Like, that's... <laughs> just stick to the drive-thru. I'd, I'd have gone, like, say early early 90s, so uh, I'm maybe 10. Sure, yeah. Like, 8, 9, 10. There, thereabouts, when I first watched it. And it, and it was on TV. It just
1: effed you up for life. Like... <laughs> and I watched it
0: on TV with commercials, and that was like a breather for me. Oh, like, <laughs> like, pacing myself. The real world, like. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but what's interesting about, you know, these two movies, you know, we've got Basically, two parts: Chapter One, Chapter Two, as a complete thing. Um, I guess what we can compare it to is the mini series. The mini series follows the structure of the book, which is essentially set in the present of that time, with flashbacks to them as kids. So you've got two basically timelines running concurrently as the narrative. The mini series follows that same thing. So we see the adult, and then we get flashbacks and learn about what happened to them as kids, as they get their memories back. With these movies, we basically got the giant flashback of them as kids set in the past 27 years ago. And now this movie is like set with the adults with flashback. So we're getting a different sort of narrative and story sort of structure. Did that affect you or did you like that, I guess? As I prefer this. You prefer it, yeah?
0: I thought the kids were fantastic in that first film. yeah. And they're fantastic again in Chapter 2. But I liked spending time with them in that period and have them grow up. And I was so happy when they announced that they were going to have all the kids come back for flashbacks in Chapter 2. I think
1: if they had to, I think if they didn't do, if they didn't have flashbacks with the kids, it would have been a missed opportunity. The kids were fantastic. And I think that's what gave a lot of that first movie, you know, a lot of the praise that we give to it is is, is because of the kids, as, as most part, amongst... Many other things, so they had to do it. I do think a lot of the flashbacks of them that in this movie were a bit, I guess, unnecessary or for for the sake of the story and the movie, not necessarily, like, just not necessary. Although
0: I want more kids, like I want as many as I know a you hero. did a rewatch, and I was planning on doing a rewatch, and I just ran out of time. And as I'm watching chapter two, I'm thinking to myself, I am so glad. I did not do a rewatch because I remember the movie very well. Okay, well, that's that's good. I watched it at the cinema. I've seen it a couple of times after that. So I do remember it really well. What I didn't anticipate is them showing the same clips. And I know they add to clips. Yeah, they're extended. They're probably all different takes and stuff like that. we're seeing that same clip. And I'm like, oh, so I probably last watched Chapter One maybe a year ago. And it's still very fresh in my mind. So when it's got scenes where they're splitting up or it's, you know, the kids from that first movie, I'm like, ah, I know this. Like, I know it very well. So if I'd just done a rewatch, I'd be in the cinema. Oh, I'm watching this scene that I just watched a couple of nights at home. There's so many digital effects in this. Not just Pennywise, but the kids as well. Did you notice them though? I did because... I didn't. I really didn't. I I knew about them. I'm going to credit the biggest... The, my most notable digital effects with the kids, and it was around Jack Dylan Grazer. This year, we got to see him as Freddy in Shazam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So out of all the kids, he's the one that we know We know what he looks like now. And I guess there's Finn Wolfhard as well from Stranger Things. Oh, and he got tall. He had like a gross fur. He like... did, but honestly, Grazer, who plays the young Eddie... You really notice it, the scenes in particular, where they've really smoothed out his face to make him look younger. So I'm usually the stickler for,
1: you know, the CGI and manipulation. I'm always the one pointing out things that are like, oh, you can just tell. And probably doing a rewatch on Blu-ray, I'll probably be like, oh yeah, that doesn't look good. But
0: to be honest, watching this movie
1: didn't even cross my mind at any point. Honestly,
0: I recently rewatched Shazam. If not for that, it wouldn't be so obvious for me.
1: But again, but like, looks we just watched uh, *Stranger Things* season three, only I mean, well. I mean, weeks yeah. ago. You know, we, we both watched it. Yeah, it, watching that, even though I was like, "That kid has gotten old," and it made me think of you know this this it movie. And maybe amount, This was probably filmed a little bit earlier than season three of *Stranger Things*.
0: Maybe it's how because Richie has longer hair, he's got glasses. Staking. Maybe there's more things like hiding. But honestly, young Eddie, he's the one that I noticed the most. You
1: reckon they they manipulate their voices as well? Because I remember him, Freddy, being a bit... Like, having a slightly deeper voice in Shazam. You reckon they probably just changed the pitches Because he was
0: pretty squeaky in that first it. But I think, you know... And it sounded... As actors, maybe they can change the voice slightly. (laughs) Or or maybe they did.
1: That's okay. That's part of the movie magic.
0: When we wrapped up our review of Chapter 1, we were speculating on... Who they would cast yeah. as the adult losers. We do like to speculate. It's always fun. We do. And
1: they nailed it. There was some... You know, like, you get, like... we have got some big names, you know. we have got James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, um, Bill Hader. But then there were, you know, some other names, you know, unfamiliar. I didn't really know about it. But do you know what? Some of them stole the scenes. Some of them... Just looked like the kids Even Even the older Ben Jay Ryan You know like he He's a good looking bloke He's slimmer than Ben You know Ben You know like a chubby kid And the whole You know the whole joke is that like You know Oh he grew up and got really good looking But it's like He looks like that actor that plays Ben In his eyes He has And, and his mouth He smiles like the young actor Jeremy Ray Taylor Who plays young Ben You know like he has this Sort of thing where he, if it's all of his caught off guard or he's sort of a bit sad or upset you know something to do with Bev or something like that he'll make sort of an expression it'll come through his eyes or you, like you said like his mouth this Jay Ryan guy he's doing the same thing and it really it was baffling I was like
0: wow it really does look like that kid it, it, was, it was crazy what about Isaiah Mustafa he played Mike Hanlon did you recognise him at all is he from
1: something or he
0: is the Old Spice guy The one that played the part before Terry Crews was cast. You know, it's like, look at me, I'm on a horse. That guy, I found it hard to disconnect him from that. I'm so glad. To begin with, I I found it hard to disconnect him from those ads. But then, (laughs) as the movie's getting towards the end, I came to terms with him (laughs) as Mike. But it was really hard because... Had to sell himself to you. He's got the same voice. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't being as cartoony in It Chapter 2, but the tone of his voice... Is there actually out of all of the
1: all of the adult characters here? I think um, yeah, Mike's character was probably the least entertaining. Yeah, it, it seemed very like he'd been
0: through some shit. Yeah. He'd never left, so his whole like life... everything
1: was so dry. And sweet, yes, like,
0: because his whole life, okay, I guess known that about Pennywise. Everyone else <laughs> forgot. So then he calls his best friends since childhood, and they all answer in the same way. Who is this, Mike? Who? Because obviously, they've all got amnesia yeah. and they forgot. Of the Losers Club, the character/slash actor that I feel sorry for the most, Andy Bean, as adult Stanley Lewis. <laughs> He's hardly in it. I'm sure he got a, a nice little paycheck. This same him. actor was cast as Alec Holland, who becomes Swamp Thing in the DC TV series. Oh,
1: cancelled.
0: Well, not just that. As soon as he becomes Swamp Thing, uh, we kind of don't need you anymore, Andy Bean, because we're going to oh, focus right. on the monster. We may bring you back for a couple of flashbacks, <laughs> and that's similar to what happens in it. a <laughs> rolls a roll, it doesn't matter how big it is. And he's in this movie.
1: Um, yeah. But obviously, like, like in the book or the miniseries, whatever you're familiar with... Um, Stanley does commit suicide at the start of the film, taking himself away from the movie. And they do have that twist at the end where it's like, I didn't do it because I was scared. I did it because I'm the weakest player and you guys needed to be united. So I took myself off the board. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Bit of a whoa moment.
0: They really, that's had some good reveals in this movie. Because the kids and they're all like taking the piss out of each other for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> but then when all is said and done and even leading to the third act, you've got the bit with Richie and he's thinking about his friend Stan. And, you know, like, you know, in person, they're ribbing each other, giving each other stick. But then you get these quieter moments when you're like, no, these guys really do care and love each other, mm. which, which was really nice. And Bill Hader is Richie. I mean, come on, he's really good casting. Like, it really like it is like an older,
1: Wolfin Hart or uh, you know, yeah, it's, Richie as an older ca- character it just works. You know, you get a very very quick moment of it's like, look, he's a he's a comedian kind of not doing very well. I yeah, that's enough. It's like that's that's
0: all you need. I mean, we're yeah, not talking true. about Bill Hader, obviously. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> he's, he's going very well. Richie Tozier. That's but when when they cast him, they they shaped it more to his style of comedy. Like he was known for doing voices. Yeah, and, and he
1: probably brings, he probably makes this movie a little bit funnier than it probably needed or should have. It does.
0: It brings some levity, uh, but,
1: but it works because it's it's within the character. It's within it, it's it's grounded. It's but not it's him the silliness. and
0: other characters responding to him mm. like honestly him and eddie seem to have something going on and there's yeah there's speculation online that maybe they loved each other as children or maybe richie loved eddie I'm, we thinking, get that scene I'm thinking where, it was just from it from richie's point of view i mean it's i'd say it's tiptoed around but it, it's pretty well telegraphed that in this version, at least, Richie is gay. Yeah, he's just not comfortable. It's enough his, it's to his come hidden
1: at. secret. So he's trying to get that out of him. I use scene, that as a leverage on, on him.
0: scene when he's with that kid in the arcade, mm-hmm. and maybe that kid liked him too. But then he was cousins of the bully, um, uh, Bowers, Henry yep. Bowers. He was uh, his cousin, and then he left. But there was like something, something there. Where was I going with that? I was going somewhere, but oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes. so there's a particularly interesting relationship between Richie and Eddie where they probably give each other more stick than other characters. So yeah. maybe that's because they like each other, or maybe it's just because they're closer friends. I but... think it's because they're they're closer friends. And I but I think like with that,
1: I think Richie did develop feelings for him, you know, a little bit a little bit deeper than just a, a friendship level, or really good friends, you know, a little bit higher. And then there's that very Subtle so little bit at the end where you know you see him scratching the initials he's carving it again like he's making it's it R and E he did it in the Which first
0: movie as a kid and then he's going over it again here but I'm actually going somewhere <laughs> I'm trying to make it's to it. a bit that I found funny and I just I got sidetracked it's In the beginning, where Richie, he he makes reference to the fact that he doesn't write his own material. And then Eddie's like, I fucking knew it! (laughs) And it's sort of like, Eddie's like, he's really enjoying that fact. That I knew you didn't write your own material. There's lots of good moments like that. We got it, I think more so, in that first movie. Where you can look at movies like Stand By Me, The Goonies, where it's kids being kids. Mm. And that's what we both really liked about that first It movie it still works in chapter 2 with them as adults but not as well i don't think, I think it's it, better when it's when it's kids giving each other
1: suppose uh, it's interesting because you what you can do with you have these it's not just adult versions of these kids it's these adults that they had you know these relationships as kids but then they've been sort of separated for all this time it's when you throw them all back in the mix together a little part of the adult reverts back into the child. That's true. So then you do get that those childish qualities where they you know they're ripping into each other and you know like, even when Eddie's you know dying,
0: he takes his last breath just to rip into Richie one last time. You know like. exactly. Them two just having a a particular bond. Jessica Chastain as Beverly. Out of all of them, she's bloody. Incredible, like she's a fantastic actress,
1: and I think I'll say that every time she we really talk about is. her movies.
0: <laughs> but it really is, it's like you're looking at Sophia Lillis all grown up, like she always looks and sounds like Beverly. Always, there's scenes where I'll look at grown up Bill. James McAvoy. It's like, he, James McAvoy. James McAvoy is where I struggled. He's know, doing like... things where it's sort of like, oh, that's a little bit Xavier. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is what he did in Split. But yeah. then again, in Split, he had, what, 27 personalities? He's got a lot <laughs> going on there. Uh, one of them is Bill. <laughs> in Split, one of them's Bill. But he's really recognisable. I mean, for the most part... Okay, so let's take... So James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, and Bill Hader. They're your big names. The other guys... Minus the whole Old Spice thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're just seeing characters grown up. Yeah. James Ransoni
1: as Eddie, as a grown up Jack Dylan Grazer. Perfect. Like, is that actually, I'm pretty sure that actually is Jack Dylan Grazer grown up. I'm pretty sure that's it.
0: Like, I mentioned They put him in, they him earlier. <laughs> and Adam Brody yeah. plays him grown up and does it very well. That worked. It's it still work. This guy, it's but this guy Jack Dylan Grazer. He's it he must be easy. Because they've <laughs> done it easy. twice in one year. Yeah. They've cast an adult version of him.
1: I mean I think Adam Brody worked good in Shazam for for Jack Dylan Grazer's character in Shazam. That's right, but but, but I'm I talking think
0: about appearances as well though.
1: Visually, as a as a as a look, James Ransoni it works better in this movie as a grown-up Eddie. Yeah, but then just just looking like it's the young fit. actor it's Like
0: you couldn't swap the Shazam actor and the It actor; it just wouldn't work. I mean, if if you put Adam
1: Brody as the adult Eddie in this movie, it—I well, mean, it wouldn't work as well. Like, it, it, um, I mean, he doesn't really look like him but it worked in Shazam in the moment and for the character.
0: Yeah, okay. I think he more acted like him. Let's just stop talking about Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know um, something that both Shazam and <laughs> the films compare? Uh, this, uh, that, there are common. adults and uh, kids. As well as that, <laughs> and this is the last time we're going to bring up Shazam, which is also a Warner Brothers new line film. <laughs> same wow. composer oh okay well wow, yeah Benjamin Wallerfish he wow. scored both Shazam and chapter one and chapter two did you like right. the
1: music in this movie I mean I think it worked I did, did I did uh, more
0: so in the first movie I think there were some more signature themes mm. in that and they moved away from it maybe it's because the kids are older but it, it seems like okay you watched a lot more recent than chapter one did we get more Pennywise in that first one um it seems that way I think, oh, I, I think so. You you got more of Pennywise being
1: creepy, Pennywise being in the darkness, in the shadows, and then when you do see him, it, it made more of an impact. Here, it's like he's out in the days doing things. He's just standing in the middle of the road. Like, he do not care. He do not give a shit. So I think even though we might physically get more of him and visually more of him, there's less to take away. In that first movie, there's a lot more it taking other forms... Um, every character had more of a different experience here you still get those other forms but it's yeah I don't know I think there's more Pennywise here
0: and I guess in that first one but less effective he wasn't looking to reveal himself as the clown mm. initially Like he was he was being different only when yeah he wanted characters. to
1: appeal to each kid's fear and, and I guess
0: stuff. then you brought those back in this Pennywise the a dancing clown. We get to see him dance in that first movie. We don't get him doing it in the second movie, yeah, but we dancing? get Richie doing it, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> what, you guys don't remember this? <laughs> and he's doing the Pennywise, yeah, Pennywise dance. Pennywise,
1: dancing clown, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> More, do I, just yeah. The fantastic. other identities, we've got Hobo the leper, we've got the witch, Georgie is back in this as well. We get like, a, like an extended a yeah, scene. Yeah, Georgie. Mrs Kirsch. Strapped to the table, and we have Patrick Hoxetter. Yeah, yeah, that kid from the first movie that it went down the drain. That just gets left, doesn't it? It just gets left completely. Because it's just another kid that got, gets to his missing. I know, but we've got a dead guy who is driving adult Henry Bowers <laughs> around. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he gets in the passenger seat. To be fair, Henry Bowers, crazy. The Bowers asylum. is taken off the board. Probably on medication. And then we never see again? And I guess he served his purpose. He was only there. Well, it was only... It was a manifestation of it. Okay. I had... I, this is what... I, I was trying to work this out as I'm watching it. Like, does Pennywise have to do things one at a time? Is it always him? So, like, is he driving the car? Well, it is... Yeah. It, like,
1: any time it takes the form... Pennywise is just a
0: form of it. So... So he's playing... Patrick Hoxetter, yes, yeah, so driving right. Well, so he's driving Bowers yeah. around. So that's him. That's see I guess if I knew that, that would make it. Like, when you see Georgie in this movie, that's it. When you see Mrs. Kirsch, because when they're all in the house it. in the third act, and then when you see the leper, the hobo, they're doing oh, things. The leper, sorry, the characters are doing things at different times. So like you know, like a couple. Will he, go might left, a couple he might will be omnipresent. might be able to. Be that's what I was trying to in work places out at the same time, but it's still. I mean, it's always him, but I guess more so. Yeah, like, but if he's able to be in multiple places, I'd find that less scary. But then, if it's just him in the car driving, for me, that's freakier. Mm-hmm. That powers. Why would he not go off to all the kids
1: at the same time in different locations all at
0: once? So maybe he which would be. show that his powers do have limitations, which we do find out in this that in his true form. Is the weakest. So I, I like that. That was that was a story point because be, yeah. he's getting bigger and bigger and more powerful. It's like how are they ever going to take him down? You know, I've seen a lot of things online and people are using like, like one of the images they're using for the article is the survivors at the end. That's pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I was looking online today, you know, you know, preparing for this uh, review. Is that like them with their bikes? But it's it's. That's the reflection, but when you've got the survivors mm. looking at the reflection, so you're looking... You've got all the kids in the reflection. But you're looking front on yeah. at the adult survivors, mm. and multiple outlets on Facebook are using that picture. Yeah, there's no Stanley, there's no Eddie. So it's like,
1: okay, so that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, that's in the trailer as well, though. Oh, I suppose, yeah. But I didn't take note of that, actually, in the trailer. Like I just thought it was a cool shot, reflection, cool. That's why I never pause trailers. Don't pause them, don't read into the detail, just bring them in.
0: Just let it give you information. Should we talk about some cameos? We should. There was a couple in here. Stephen King? Yes. He's in here. He plays the grumpy shopkeeper at Derry's second hand rose who sells Bill his rusty childhood bike. I'm so glad I know what Stephen King looks like. Because when he I came think on screen. Most
1: people do. It took me about four seconds, but I was like, no, yeah, no, that's Stephen King. And then
0: I could enjoy that moment. Otherwise, would have been like, "Well, this old day is pretty creepy." Straight away, <laughs> I'm like Stephen King because he's. We know what Stephen King looks like. He's yeah. got a distinctive look, and you know, he's I mean, on, he's not he's not Stanley, so it's not like we've seen him. I know, a hundred but hundred he's years. like he's on the back of like hundreds of thousands of book covers. Like, tra- oh, we know what the guy That's, looks like. That just means I would have had to pick up a book and look at the. <laughs> we both have it in our houses. <laughs> it, I may mean, not picked it up. You know, what no, I was impressed by. <laughs> He's good in this.
1: He's alright. He's yeah. actually acting good. <laughs> it's okay, and it's a fun scene because you know, um, a grow the grown up Bill has become a writer, author. Yeah, he's involved in you know movies and stuff, but primarily a writer. So to bounce off Stephen King, and you know, he's talking about how he's talking about his book.
0: Oh mate, about how, how bad t- the endings yes. are! I mean this is something Stephen King is known for, like not sticking the landings with his books, and even us without reading a lot of his books we know that that's the takeaway and they really run like they mentioned it so many times in this movie and then Stephen king himself just just criticizes bill for not doing a good ending on
1: another layer you could take it as you know like this chapter two is the you know finale to this story this is the end it's sort of a tease, like, hey, are you going to get a good ending? Are oh, you? Yeah? Maybe you're not going to. Maybe you're not, it's not going to be good enough for you.
0: Are you going to get a giant spider? Or are you not? You'd have to wait and see. Ah, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, and we do, but we'll talk about it later. There's a couple of other cameos in here. Uh, the director appears as a customer at the pharmacy where Eddie picks up his prescription. He's just walking around. just yeah, doing just, his um, things, doing his shopping. Having a browse. Having a browse. <laughs> There's another cameo as well. There is another one. Brandon Crane, who played young Ben in the It miniseries. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. He is playing a employee of grown-up Ben's architecture firm. He's just sat there. I found this out that after works. the fact, so I don't know which one he is. Well, that's it. Yeah, but that's... he he is one of them, and we almost got a, another big-time director appearing in this film. And Willemar well, Del
1: Toro? Yes. I think I read something about that, yeah.
0: I mean, I said another, so I'm crediting Michetti as a big-time director. I mean, <laughs> hey, he's he, done a handful of films at this point. He is now. <laughs> and until it changes, he's confirmed as the director of the Flash movie. But we all know... Fourth time's a charm, right? Yes, exactly right. <laughs> Del Toro was going to play the janitor that Ben runs into when he's running away from Pennywise. Oh. That would have been pretty cool. Del Toro is apparently a fan of that first movie. And was going to be a part of this, but scheduling would not allow. But for him to play the janitor, I was getting Scream vibes. I was thinking that, like, Freddy Krueger mopping the floors. And that's yeah. Wes Craven playing Fred <laughs> the janitor, wearing a striped jumper. Oh, he's loved that cameo. Well, yeah, so... That would have been like that. Quite a few cameos in this. This is not so much a
1: cameo, but I thought it's worth mentioning. You know Eddie's mum? Yes. In the first movie, and she also features in this movie as well, played by Molly Atkinson. You know? Plays a larger lady, a bit like crazy. Eddie's wife in this movie also is a larger lady, and it's sort of a joke that it's like, oh, he married his mum, essentially. Also played by Molly Atkinson. Same actress.
0: No. What? Yes. What? Yes. (laughs) Wouldn't know it. That's amazing. It is amazing. He really did marry his mum. I mean, mean, amazing slash (laughs) weird. Wow, so they've got the same actress. That, that is. I mean, I know, like that. It's kind of a joke. It's a gag. It's but that's like what highlights. I like about it. I'm not like, I'm not, you know, celebrating incest. I'm celebrating <laughs> the fact that. the Run, joke, on you, Eddie. <laughs> have fun with it. <laughs> okay, let's leave the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, because that, that is the joke that he married his mother and they, yeah. they got the same actress. That is smart. I really, really like that. Uh, this movie, I guess you've got to ask of any horror movie, is it scary? Mm. Do you know what?
1: No. <laughs> I mean, of course, subjective. It's not as scary as it probably should have been. I mean, there are visuals, you know, that are you know supposed to be frightening. There, are, Of course, you know, they're being chased by things, lepers, witches, clowns, giant spiders, a big giant guy with an axe who's a statue. You know, like, there are things there, but... I don't think they'd land as scary as that first one was. No, the first know? one it is had quite scary. It had a factor. It had lot oh, of things. And you know what? With kids, things are always scary with that kids. That is and When it. the kids are... Watching exactly. James McAvoy running from something, running from a clown... Binding it... his head on glass yeah, multiple n- times. It's <laughs> not as scary as, you know, a 13, 14, 15-year-old, whatever they are, maybe, I don't know, running from...
0: Yeah, it's not... the same. The, not. the scene with the funhouse mirrors where he's trying to save that kid... Who looks very familiar. What do you know that kid from? I don't know. Whenever what? he was on screen, I'm like, that kid. I know him from something. Well, his name is Luke Rosler. So, if anyone out there wants to
1: Google him and look him up and maybe send us a... I don't know. Oh, I didn't look into him that much. We could have. We didn't.
0: Moving on. Do you know what?
1: The trailers made it seem, and I was concerned about this, that this kid would be more prominent. And it was like, oh, you know, there's a kid and they, you know, there's, there's more kids that are, they've got to protect. And I was like, I don't know what they're doing there. But... I don't know. this kids in it for a couple scenes, just with Bill, really, and for a couple goofs and gags. But I'm glad they didn't do too
0: much with him. But well, part of me was starting to think, is he also a manifestation? But then you do get the oh, scene yeah. in the you get the scene in the restaurant. But it's not to say that it could have been a manifestation later <laughs> and on. And his whole family. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like that really would have been him. Oh, so okay, then seen him. so but- in the street and then. And then in the in the mirror house thing? Yeah, so the funhouse mirror could have been Pennywise, but it turns out it's not. But that's the scene with McAvoy where you're oh, okay, okay. And then when the kid's involved, that's like you, you feel more tense. Because, like, okay, something about yeah. happened to the kid. Now there's a threat, yeah. But when it's adults, yeah, it's not It does not take quite, it away, doesn't it? It's not quite the same. I mean, they're doing good performances, don't get me wrong. Like
1: Everything's there. It's just, I think that's an element that just brings it down. It, it, it's a different movie in that regard. You still get flashbacks, though, of of the kids, and there's some new scenes. And a little part of me was like, when did all this happen? But then I remember, especially from watching that first movie, that there is a time jump after they have their big fight and the losers go their separate ways. A couple months pass or something, or a month or so. So, there's a yeah, there's time for things to happen, and I was like, okay, good. Because I was like, when did all this character development and stuff happen? But it's, it's all... So you do get some, the kids in scenes... But again, it's sort of like, for the sake of entertainment, you get those moments and you get those scares. But in terms of story and actual character development, there isn't a real reason to have those flashbacks. Just to have those kids back. So on one hand, I'm like, good. See, that's the that's But the I'm also like, like you actually don't need it. You don't need it. So I'm on the fence there about whether... <laughs>
0: I mean, I'll take it because
1: I like to see those kids
0: in peril. And that's the thing. It does, but... it does seem as though they're doing it because they can. And because that was a huge component of that first movie that everybody loved. Before we move too far away from Luke Roseland, I did quickly look him up. The Netflix TV series Dead to Me is in that. He plays Ah. the youngest son of Christina Applegate. Anyway, back to (laughs) It's Chapter 2. So Henry Bowers, I mean, we've got It, they're all contending with
1: all this stuff, but Henry Bowers obviously being manipulated by It in some regards. Still, as a a human character, does have a vendetta against uh, the losers. So he's... A villain for them to contend with and deal with. And yeah, he does get taken off the board at at some point, but for the most part, there's a good chunk of the movie where it's they're dealing with him, being chased by him, being trying to be stabbed and and all that by this character.
0: And for a short time, they do bring back Nicholas Hamilton, who is an Aussie actor. They bring him back. He's the young version of him. And then we see him, he's older and he's got a mullet. What I liked about Bowers as a character is the fact that he still had a mullet. That's Yes. Also, they're at the point where it's not real, it's not real. And sometimes the manifestations will go away or the illusions will stop. And then when you've got a character like Bowers who they could think, this is just another illusion. He's real. He's stabbing Eddie in the cheek. Yeah. You know, it's... Oh, that was messed up, actually. That it's an dope. extra light of peril. Oh, and when Eddie opens his mouth and you see the blade in his mouth as well, <laughs> it's gone through <laughs> the cheek. But I think Bowers having a human running around, it adds that extra level of terror because you've also got, you've got this horror movie going on with Pennywise, and then you've also got to the side a slasher movie with Bowers going around with yeah, his Yeah, it's man. just like more. Um, So
1: you get different elements of the type of horror. It's like, yeah, you got all these like CGI little monsters and creatures that you've got to sort of deal with yeah, then you've got this physical human being. It's just that crazy nut. But I'm glad they got their comeuppance on him. Oh, definitely. It's some characters in particular, Mike, Ben, you know, they got their, their punches in there. And it's good. Going
0: back to that question, is it scary? You shared this with me originally, but the parents of Queensland, Australia, do think, maybe not the movie, but the posters are scary. Yeah, no, there was... there was a whole thing about children being... Terrified. Some of the by marketing, the posters. the posters, billboards of of like Bill
1: got in his it, it makeup, the face, and parents were like, "Take it down, that's terrifying." Like our kids are exposed to it, and I was like, you know, on one hand, parents like to complain, but then I was like, "Hang on, maybe they've got some merit here." So I went to you as a parent, not me as a parent, as you as a parent. You have a kid. Would you like your kid to be exposed to that or? and you said which poster
0: was it was it is it the the white poster it's with the It's a white
1: poster with sort of just like his so face the menacing features looks.
0: with the blood sort of mouth yeah i mean yesterday you know my daughter seven my eldest she's seven and so like, oh you know I'm, I'm going to the movies oh what are you going to watch i'm going to watch a scary film and she's like what's it about i'm like it's about a clown and she laughed and said that's not scary <laughs> so just show her a picture no of I, I, I didn't but i think I don't think the that particular poster is that scary. Now if it's the trailer, I mean yeah of course. Like that's, oh, that's got brilliant. a lot in there. But I think if it's that white poster and the only definition you're getting is Pennywise's face, I don't think it's that scary. <laughs> I mean, I don't think if it's positioned on the school run, like a big billboard. <laughs> it's on the side maybe, of the school bus. <laughs> maybe it isn't the best. But I don't know, I don't think it's Should they start, like, marketing movies at schools, just, like, in gyms and stuff? Why not? And he got people talking about it. Like, it was on the news. That's it. It's more promotional material. This horror movie has a poster that is freaking parents out and potentially scaring children. And then older kids, teenagers... Ooh, I I (laughs) want to see that movie. Laughing and being like, give me a ticket. You know, the other day I was at the cinema waiting to get my ticket, and there was about five kids that looked 14 at best. (laughs) And this is a MA15 here in Australia. So you need to be 15 years of age or have a responsible adult attending. They didn't have that. So between them, they're trying to pull out ID. You need photo ID. (laughs) And then the ticket attendant is like, oh, well, if you don't have photo ID, do you have two forms of ID that's got your age on it? And in the end, they couldn't do it. But they look like children. (laughs) (laughs) The children trying to watch it. not old enough. Off top of it, like, was your cinema, like, allowed? And horror movies, sometimes you do get those... Lots of laughter in, uh, in this movie. And and my only takeaway with... Put that got... appropriate moments, or...? This is the thing. When there is a lot of scares in it... Now, we didn't find this movie particularly scary. I mean, we've seen a lot of horror movies. There is scary ones still being made. But this, it's more of a... It's a popcorn horror. Yeah. So it's not looking to terrorise you. But there's certain scenes that did get jumps out of people, and what you find, especially in bigger crowds, if there is scarier moments, people overcompensate by laughing. that <laughs> you know, what it is? Yeah. it's it's a, it's a reaction that that people have, and then they'll turn to the friends. Oh, is this okay? Oh, is this funny? Are we laughing? Are we freaked out? And it's a bit, a little bit of a like a group mentality thing going on. For that
1: reason alone, we were like, with our high praise of that first movie, we were like, go on to the second one, let's do Gold Class purely because it'd be smaller numbers. Right. Obviously better seats and all of that jazz we thought it would be worthy. But we were like, it'd be less people, less idiots. Cool. And it, it was perfect. Oh, right. Fantastic. Good. It was fantastic. <laughs> we were probably the loudest people. Oh, I thought that was going to have a bad ending. <laughs> Yeah, the, no it was good
0: it was there so was quite good. a few quite a few people in, in my screen you know what the scene that I would say got the biggest laugh it was nothing to do with Bill Hader the biggest laugh it's when Beverly goes home and there's the old lady in the oh, background she's dancing and she's sort of like dancing naked well, you know what in the trailer and what I really like is they played it different in the trailer mm. to how they did in the movie because as soon as that scene started after seeing because that trailer was essentially an extended clip yeah and it's played differently in the movie. Which is good. Not completely, but enough. Yeah. The but, point's there, but it's like, oh, different experience. Yeah. But how I interpreted it in the movie compared to the trailer. So she's in the background. And it's almost like... Because the whole thing is that like it is tricking Beverly into thinking that she's at home. I mean, he is so elaborate. You know, but I guess he needs... It's actually an abandoned building. Like yeah. The building is completely gone. But he needs... The, the, the more fear his victims have, the bigger the the feast is. makes him stronger because they're weaker. So there is a purpose. He's not just being a dick. (laughs) But you're right. (laughs) It, what a dick. In the background, you know when you said she's doing the little dance, the old lady, and again, he got the biggest laugh in the cinema. How I interpreted it, as I'm watching the film, is that he sees, because he keeps poking his head around the corner, that Beverly is buying everything hook, line and sinker. And then, when she's like really being affected by our surroundings, it's almost like it's a involuntary reaction that he has. And and he's, he's getting so excited, like, like yes. I, like, I took it as I'm winning. Oh man! Exactly, he's not dancing. He gives like a little jig, and he's oh, it's, it's working. I liked it, <laughs> but that's but well, that scene. Honestly, biggest laugh that was a bit because he's but he's a trickster, isn't he?
1: Like, and he's so elaborate. It what a goofball. Do you know what? We keep, you know, we're, we've been asking, is it is it scary? And we're sort of saying, no, but, you know, there's moments that things are good. Balloons. Still freaky. And some of the scariest... That big one in particular. Under the
0: bed. Oh, right. Oh. it is pulling Oh, it. man. <laughs> oh, it's cringing. The one at the end, though, That made massive... me cringe
1: more than any moment right. in a Saw movie.
0: For me, ever. <laughs> the big balloon when it pops at the end. Yeah. My wife... Because there are so many wife. pointy things. Oh, no, but my wife... <laughs> Hates balloons. I'm going to think, like, if, you know, if kids have had balloons for a while, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to chuck them out. I'll just pop them. Yeah. <laughs> Unannounced. <laughs> 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 I don't do it right near her. Luke, the <laughs> dick. <laughs> <laughs> but it he freaks, he freaks her out. Hey, she married me. But it, it freaks her out. But the, I know, because she's not seen it yet, and when we watch it together, that's going to freak her out.
1: <laughs> like, oh, man. That, I, I, and the I'm the cinema, I'm it's it, so like, loud. But that, yeah, that big, because it's like where they're doing their sort of uh, ritual thing. It's like this cage dome thing with sharp, pointy cave things and the balloon is like expanding within there. Oh, man. Talking
0: about characters being dicks. Mike. Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I screwed them over royally. No, but I mean, he did have, the
1: intention was if they believed enough. Yep. Then it would work,
0: I know, but that doesn't help Eddie. <laughs> You're charming, know I mean? dick. <laughs> but yeah, that was the thing that he'd scraped down, he'd scraped away the fourth side of that device that was holding all the totems. Yeah. But even that, like, they're in like peril is real, like, you know, they're fearful of the lives, and then they throw a coin in there, that's not gonna burn. Well, what about your inhaler <laughs> and the melted plastic and the fumes? And then, but like. Don't they put a rock? Yeah, but it, it's not the, they put a rock in there? A
1: they rock do, is not but, gonna
0: burn. But that was Max, and it still had Bower's blood on it. Oh, no, so it was that not was, so the blood
1: that was well would be burned. No,
0: well it was the stone and what it symbolised because that was the moment that the losers were formed really because mm. they've been oh, friends like, until I then. Get, I get the point of it, but that's why so it's but things it things like, that meant something. Like yeah, to Richie, it was the coin. None of, from of that the stuff except for Bev's postcard would burn, and the boat. But <laughs> it's it's the symbol though, isn't it? It's the oh man, you're like waiting the whole movie, and it's not short. You're waiting the whole movie for Bev to find out that it was bloody Ben that wrote the postcard. And I mean, we 2017. I know they
1: have, they, you know, they have their amnesiac you know thing issues and stuff. But it's like Bev knew at the end of that first movie, you know, like when. Oh, did she find that in that when movie? When Ben kisses her and she, like, you know, wakes up from her, like, uh, floating days. Ah,
0: gaze, yes. And she she knows. And she looks at him and she says it. But she forgot and remembered yeah. that kiss. She remembered it as Bill. Yeah. When she was, like, starting to to remember. But it came good in the end. That was a pretty good scene. She's drenched in blood and he's getting buried alive. Yeah. And they call out to each other. It was a pretty good moment.
1: I mean, it's nice. and they end up together by the end of it, by the
0: looks of things? And
1: uh, they're, they're actually, when, later when they're sort of playing with the... You know, they're playing... Not playing. They're actually washing blood and gore off them in the, in the, <laughs> in the lake or ravine or whatever it is. And Bev and Ben, you know, have their moment. They go underwater and it's like, oh, they might
0: kiss underwater or they might drown if they do that. Did you find that to be a nice
1: scene? It was kind of... It was nice because of what Bill did, what James Mac, He kind of looks back and it's sort of like, oh, but then he kind of smiles and go, no, oh, that's cool. Like, that's nice. And it's sort of like he's... Not that he needs to, but you know, he goes. I'm cool with that. I like that. That's... I'm happy they found it other. It's...
0: Eddie got in my head because when they're in that dirty water and they're underneath and they're underwater, <laughs> oh, <I> mean... dirty, <laughs> dirty water with their eyes open, they've got their mouths open, so they're taking in big gulps of water. And actually, the... they've got like wounds that are open and stuff. And so then I mean... they're kissing each other, so the mouths are opening wider. <laughs> I, I would just I found the whole thing disgusting. Like, get out the but water I mean, please. I mean Richie calls about out of it. It's like, look, if Richie if uh, Eddie was here, they'd be disgusted. That's what I mean. I mean he does. Got point in my out. head. Yeah. Eddie was in my he head. And that crying. whole scene that was supposed to be like, ah, oh, they finally found each other. I'm like, get out of the water. <laughs> get out of the water. Get out <laughs> <laughs> There's infections. You're gonna die from disease. <laughs> <laughs> you survived pennywise, but you were all gonna die. We're at the end of the movie. A very long movie. I've mentioned that already. Is it too long, though? It's almost three hours. Yeah. It's <laughs> <That laughs> a long movie.
1: I think... I happily sat through it, and I'll probably I'll happily sit through it again. I'll probably do both movies back-to-back one day. It'll I'm fine with it. But it's is this, okay. But is this at home? Out, at home. So you can take breaks. Younger, too, I mean, I'm going to and do what I want. This movie... Did this movie need to be this long? I don't no. think so. And I think, again, I go to those flashbacks with the kids... And not, you know, it's hard because I wouldn't want them to, but you can take it out, you don't need to. The the actual plot of this movie is they need to find some artefacts to perform a ritual to defeat it. They dance around there a lot. And it's, it's, they're going through things and it's just, I mean, it is, it's just scene after scene of terrible things happening to them. A lot of it. It could have been streamlined. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm okay with it. So, yeah, a mixed bag
0: i d- i did find it long i honestly yeah. i did find it long um i didn't i didn't dislike this film but i did find it long whereas although not as long as part 2 chapter 1 is quite long it's a lot f- as well it's
1: a horror movie as well but you know it, talking it 90 100 minutes nicely yeah to
0: it, 2 hours 15 i think the first one was i can't help but think that because of the popularity of that first movie and how well received they just the went kids for it, were yeah. I think when I was talking earlier about the flashbacks and all, oh, they're just showing that same clip again from the first movie. I think maybe that would have been the extent of how they use the kids. And because of the popularity, yeah. they've extended their scenes. and added more, which is probably like made a said, bigger movie.
1: With the structure of the book and the miniseries, where it is, you've got the adults and then you have flashbacks of the kids. I mean, they could have done that from the start if they wanted to. But I think... The way they did it was, you know, they had the the initial movie with the kids, and then they had. I think the second part would have just been adults with no flashbacks.
0: Yeah, no, you could I mean, but you could have still had flashbacks as they remember it. Honestly, I think they made a, a decision with that first movie. We're gonna tell. But I think what they could have done was very
1: quick snippets of flashes from it that would, first yes, movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and we
0: get those snippets in here, but then there's like there's extra there's extra new things. footage. There's so much more that happens to these kids that we didn't
1: see in that first in a movie. movie there's also kind of a little bit of retconning of, of things. Not dramatically or anything big enough to change, but it's like, oh, so all this stuff did happen. We didn't even see that that first time. You know, when we caught up with them after they defeated it that first time, there was so much more that happened that we didn't see. And it's sort of like, well, shouldn't we have seen that all, you know, in one clean narrative?
0: The miniseries, the book, it swaps in between. Yeah, flashbacks. That, that's, that's how they tell the story. They made the decision with. The new movie to start when the kids and then chapter two will be them as adults. I honestly do believe that the, the decision was made that no we need to Because of the success of the, because first of the, with success the kids. Yeah. That they've alternated because instead of, like jumping between time periods like the original miniseries did, they don't do that in that first movie, and then they're doing it in the second movie, which makes it feel quite different to that first yeah chapter. Yeah. The first
1: one is a cleaner well-constructed film. We had high praise for it when we reviewed it. I, I still have the same opinions of it. The second one, it, it's,
0: it's not as nicely packaged. I think we came a, close to fives with that. Yeah, I need to go back and listen. It might have
1: been a 4.5 we gave. It, maybe it would a be, five. I don't know. It, it was up very, there.
0: Very high. So the ending then, did you find it satisfying? We do get the, the big spider again. We do. I mean, in terms of them defeating it or defeating
1: Pennywise... Yeah, they pulled that off really well. There's enough emotive stuff with the characters. Like, it's all there. What I wanted, though, and what I've heard, you know, like, there's stuff about it being some sort of alien being. There's this stuff with the Manchurin turtle, or if that's how you say it, or tortoise, or whatever it is. You know, that big floating thing with the universe is on its back. Whoa, isn't that Discworld? <laughs> Terry Pratchett. It's all the same I think It's okay. all based off the same thing But anyway I wanted them to sort of Deliver on that Because we didn't get that In the miniseries But it's all in the book Apparently And I wanted I, I guess I wanted answers there And some sort of explanation I mean there were hints of Turtles in the first movie And you see a couple of Turtle things You know Thrown in the background In this movie But I'm, I've left the movie And like the first thing I said I was like Okay I still don't understand Anything to do with a turtle
0: Are you familiar all With The Dark Tower
1: not so much, I know it's a comic there was that movie that I was think very it was a,
0: it was a book or a series of books, and then yeah Marvel did the comic, and the movie with Idris Elbert and uh, Matthew McConaughey came out last year didn't do well at all, but the turtle you're talking about in in the series of books is one of the the gate guardians I think it's like a villain isn't it like not a villain and
1: it's an enemy of it like it's yes yeah and,
0: yeah because the the turtle. Is the one that tells the kids how to perform the ritual of Chud to um, actually kill it. Yeah. So in this, it's the Native Americans, and then they they change it. So the turtle, yeah, they mention it again in this movie, but not not too much. mad, but it's connecting to more Stephen King properties, sure. which you know it's, it's a good thing. There's something to do with like there's a license plate scene. I think it might be in the secondhand store where it's the same plate. From the car Christine oh okay so that, that's something as well so they like to have yeah. they always like to always put references to is. all the Stephen King things in there but you're saying is is it an alien I mean in in this movie more so than the miniseries I'd say looks that way I mean it comes from outer space lights very
1: Steven Spielberg you know he likes the close the, encounters like, <laughs> um, every, you know it's up it's up there coming from the skies and then it's sort of like those lights are the things that are controlling the kids when they're making them float, possessing them or
0: whatever they're doing. That scene where Richard goes to stand up to Pennywise and he just like opens his mouth as the noise, the light and the way that hater just drops and it, I, don't know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I liked how that works. He's like, hey you! And then he's sort of like under the trance. But I, I looked up the, the comparison between So after watching the movie, how does the book actually end and how does it differ. In the book, Pennywise is revealed to be a female spider in its most true form to humans, and the loser club must destroy all the eggs that were laid because they're about to hatch. Very different to what we get in this movie. Well I mean we got spider legs. We did get the giant spider, but the true form and oh yeah. And the true form in this (laughs) basically they defeat him with words. Instead of making him physically make himself small, they made him Feel small emotionally. <laughs> so it's the opposite
1: of sticks and stones will break my but body, but words are going to home. It's them. the opposite. It's...
0: He appears to them as a clown, and one of the biggest digs they keep repeat, repeating to him You're just a clown.
1: Yeah, I thought they could have been a little bit more creative with, <laughs> but the, like, with the bringing him he down. But like, they just
0: keep like, well, yeah. Like I've been appearing yeah, for the yeah. last couple of years as
1: as a clown, and it's been freaking people out. And it's been
0: yeah, it's you're been getting... weak, and the, and then he's sort of like, he's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah,
1: they could have been a bit more creative with the, with the with the with the tearing him down. You know, like you know what
0: you're you're just
1: weak and afraid. Like you take terror on other people for your own well-being, and it's like I don't know. Some, they
0: could have done something better than what I can take up it, Bill is a writer. <laughs> but then again, he does have problems with endings, so maybe that's why he was struggling. And I tell you, Richie... It was the end of the movie. Richie needed his own writer. Maybe we should have got him on the phone. Yeah, be like... I, I need some jokes. I really need to burn this clown. <laughs> uh, can you give me some... <laughs> I don't know. But that's how it ends. It's... Yeah. I think all intents and purposes, when this movie ends, that's it. It is defeated. It's a
1: satisfying ending for these
0: two chapters. For the losers, for these... this. Duo of movies, and I wouldn't want more than two chapters to be honest. Because mm. even with these two films, it, it's it's a long time, yeah. Like, if you're going to watch them back to back, like you were talking I think about, if they were I to milk it and say, how we want to do another one, it would oh, have to did... be a prequel or uh, something, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe
1: Maine, oh, Dairy Maine back in 1920 or 1845,
0: Dairy or Maine billions of years ago, <laughs> 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 what? and then I we mean, find out... And then we'll find out found out the same, we found out about the turtle, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's like an intergalactic sci-fi, Pennywise versus the turtle. Maybe that's what it'll be. It's
1: weird how it's like, it's a sci-fi but it's set in the park. Like Star Wars.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a
1: long, long time ago. And then you see this turtle. In Dairy and, Main. and this clown thing, is like... That's a
0: different movie, isn't it? Fighting with swords. Because you're right. Like when, when they're saying <laughs> it's an alien from the stars, you're like, oh, is this a sci-fi? it ends like a sci-fi mm. but I wouldn't want <laughs> It chapter 3 no done
1: done and dusted they've
0: done both chapters well enough and It apparently is Stephen King's longest book they've done it do you know what the two of the movies the best Stephen King adaption I mean I reckon I mean we're going to give our rating in a moment but, but I as a, I would a, say as a double as a double thing as a complete piece yeah but to be
1: on that, you know, Stephen King adaptions, a lot of them are pretty bad. Yes, they are. Stanley Kubrick's
0: The Shining is probably, he's up there. And famously, Stephen King Hates did not it. like that nah, film. because it's nothing like The Shining. <laughs> to the point where he went and made his own. Yeah. <laughs> like the early 90s. It was like a, either a miniseries or TV movie, but that was the one that he was happy with. And we're getting a sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep, which is an actual sequel to the Kubrick version, so I'm curious... How King is gonna feel about that? Mm. But anyway, how do we feel how do about we feel? It's... it? Chapter two.
1: I, uh, you know, I, I liked the movie and I enjoyed it. And maybe my bar was set way too high from that first one. It is a step down, although there is so much to like and enjoy. The performances, the actors, what they've done with it—it's still a high-quality movie. Um, and it may, it might deserve a four, but I, f- something about we just can't give, I just can't give it a rating that high, so I am going to give it a 3.5, and I, I feel like that's too low, but this movie is, is constructed very messily, there's a lot going on and it's not as clean and streamlined as it should be, although talking to people who have read the book, including my wife, my brother-in-law they said what they put in this from the book is is worthy and is, is faithful to the book and is a good adaptation. So I think book fans would be happy. Um, but for me, watching it as a sequel to that first one and as, as a conclusion, it's good. It's fine. Highly recommend it. Happy to add it to my collection.
0: We'll watch it again many times. But a 3.5, there it is. Throughout this review, I feel as though you've enjoyed this movie more than I have. Mm. So for me to come in higher than a 3.5 <laughs> would not I'm... make any sense. I want to come in, yeah, 3.5, 3. It's, it's not that first movie which I could gladly just only watch that first movie and have nothing else. That, that is the only experience I would have and I would enjoy that. This is a nice companion. It's like, if you want to know what happened 27 years later, here's the movie. I did miss the kids a lot, but then when we did see the kids, the replaying scenes, I get the showing is what happened where in between scenes in that first movie, so that's how they give us more of the kids. Skarsgård, again, is he's really, he's really good in this. The effects, for the most part, work. Like some of the times, the effects look really cheap and don't always work, and You've got to think that's intentional. Like some of these I CGI. I found that with
1: rewatching the first one, I was like, oh, it is pretty CGI heavy. But, but um, some of the CGI okay.
0: feels unfinished, but I think there's so much CGI. Like more than you get in a standard horror movie. Yeah. Like the bit in the, the restaurant at the beginning. And you've got all the weird stuff happening, like the little baby head thing. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah. It's a really weird scene, but I think there's I think if they'd have been more refined with the use of CGI. It would have been more effective, and they'd been able to spend more, that focus the budget on certain big scenes. So some of the effects look absolutely fantastic, and some of them not so much. And as you're watching, you're thinking, they must know that, and they must have like, okay, that's good enough. Let's put it in. <laughs> yeah. But it it works, you know, as as a whole a whole film. So you've got Stephen King's referred to this movie as not a sequel, but the second part. To the first yeah, part. Yeah, it's one complete movie. It is maybe. a whole movie, but again, like if you just want to watch chapter one, it is just called it, and then the second one is true. obviously called until chapter... the credits start. And it's like, Ooh. yeah, that's true, that's true. At the end. But at the end though, and that was a nice little sting at the end. Like, oh wow, they did it. This is chapter one. But this movie, three point five. I mean, yeah. it's definitely a recommend. There's lots to enjoy, and all the actors are back. Yeah, two point five. I think like
1: in summary, that first movie. It was really the setting and the kids, you know, like the 80s setting, the the isolated town, the kids. That really added a lot to the experience of that first movie and what I loved of it. So this one was kind of missing, even though it had those elements in it as a whole. You know, it
0: set three years ago. I did enjoy the references, the pop culture references to the time period. Like We got a poster for The Lost Boys, the cinema marquee. Playing Batman. Well, the cinema kit at the end it was playing A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which was pretty cool. Yep. This one. 1989. Cinema's closed down so we got none of that. (laughs) Okay. Well, as always we'd like to close out on a little bit of trivia. At 2 hours and 49 minutes it, chapter 2 is 34 minutes longer than chapter 1 which ran for 2 hours and 15 minutes. In total, both films have a combined running time of 5 hours and 4 minutes which is over two hours longer than the original 1990 miniseries adaption of the novel.
1: I was actually thinking it would have come in about the same time, because I thought the miniseries was about almost six hours, but not quite. So I, I thought it was tri- five hours. No, I think. I
0: think it's three parts. I think it's a three-parter, the miniseries. No, it's only two. Is it? Yeah, it's only two. Okay, so there you go. So it's going to be, yeah, three hours. That that's, makes sense. Two minutes Oh, parts. yeah, true, yeah. So this one, oh, I thought yeah. it was longer. Yeah, well. Wow. Yeah, I've only ever watched it, like, bits and pieces when it was on TV as a kid, but like, start to finish, I've got it on DVD, and that's how I've watched it, as like one running running piece, but I guess, yeah, if it's in two parts, you split it in half, an hour and a half each, so there you go, so this very long (laughs) movie, (laughs) yeah, combined, it's a five hour movie. Wow. That is a long time. So you're going to do them back to back? I'll do it at some point, yeah. Cool. What's five hours? We binge more than that on TV. Yeah, but that's TV. You know, I often have that thought, like, I'll, I'll suggest a movie to my wife. Like, I'll watch a like, mini series in one go, yeah, four but I'll, parts. I'll say to my wife, do you want to watch this? Oh, it's a bit long, two and a half hours. I'm like, yeah, but you'd sit and watch three 60-minute <laughs> episodes, <laughs> episodes of TV show back-to-back. Back. She's like, yeah, that's different. So it is different. <laughs> it's because you have a couple seconds of a breather of, like, credits. Where but you're I guess like, hmm. you don't have, like, commitment. Like, if you sit down to watch a two-and-a-half-hour movie, you want to do it in a single sitting. But if you watch two one-hour dramas, and it's like, are we done, or should we do another one? You're not committed to the You could that stop after hour. one hour, yeah, or two, or yeah. But still, yeah. it does blow my mind, though. So like, it could be Saturday night. Let's like smash a miniseries out, or let's watch like, a two, two-and-a-half-hour movie. Oh, that's a bit long, the isn't it? longer, than The mini-series. movie's longer than the miniseries. The movie's longer than the miniseries. That's it for our review of It Chapter 2. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast.
1: We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Podcast. We also have our sister shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages.
0: And all of our episodes can be found on our website, ThatFilmsDuePodcast.com.
1: If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of The Kitchen. It sounds like comics have recent episodes looking at the Spider-Man animated series from 1994 and the sci-fi Superman-based series Krypton. And Rewind and Review went back to 1989 to review James Cameron's The Abyss.
0: The next review from that film, Stu, Rambo, Last Blood.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe a week late for that one, so I'm leaving the country and going on
0: holiday. Not um, for long. <laughs> well I'm going to watch it as soon as it's out I'll wait for you to talk about it we'll catch up uh, late September I'm keen to watch this new Rambo film but I'm going to be honest it's not because of the trailers the trailers aren't really doing that much for me it's just the idea of a new Rambo film
1: go, on, maybe to, watch, go to the movies to watch Rambo that's it yeah. old
0: man Rambo <laughs> we'll discuss in a few weeks you've been listening to Luke and Jason the guys from that film studio see you soon